0: Hello, Timberwood youth. It is an exciting second week of our panel questions. For us, it is the same day for you guys, another week. So we will be doing the same thing as we did last time, opening up in prayer. Thank you so much for joining us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just love the fact that we get to share our hearts in this video, that we get to share our hearts on answering these questions that our wonderful students had asked us, things that were important to them and wanting to just wrestle with in a way that that is comfortable for them father i ask that as we answer these questions as we're moving forward in this dialogue that you just allow us to speak into their hearts and that you allow us to be influenced by your spirit so that we may speak clearly and truthfully in your name i pray amen all right i have an icebreaker for you guys before we get to the meat and potatoes of the conversation and the icebreaker is this: If you have, if you had to choose, which color represents God to you, and why? So on my screen, I have Amanda first.
1: Um, I picked white, and I know someone's gonna say white's not a color. I knew it, Carl. <laughs> I knew you would.
2: No, I was gonna pick white.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So oh, I that's white. why I didn't pick white. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I picked white, and if Um, because of the light and the purity of God, but if I have to pick a color, I would pick red because of love.
0: Mm. Uh, Next, I have Joy on my screen.
3: Okay, well, I didn't pick white because I knew Carl would say it wasn't a color. (laughs) But I picked green because of the representation of life and new growth and nature and creation and nourishment and all of that stuff.
4: All right.
0: Uh, yeah.
4: Sarah. Yeah, I, I picked the same thing as joy green because you look out and you're like, look at what God created. This is the most amazing thing. Yep. So.
0: Fair enough.
1: Unless it's winter. I'm just kidding. Wow, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. No, it brown. Then, then it would
3: be white, right? Yeah. No,
0: snow is a result of sin. I'm, I truthfully
2: believe that. Snow is a result of sin. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Sorry.
2: All right, Carl, what color you got? I was going to pick us. white um, for the same reason, for purity, but I will change it to um, orange because orange is the coolest color and God's the coolest <laughs> There enough. All right. Um, Sarah didn't like my answer. Yeah. I'm going to selfishly... Like
4: orange, okay. Yeah.
0: I'm going to selfishly answer this question as well. For me, it's the color blue. I think blue is the most reflective thing that we can see. For me specifically, blue speaks into the water. And when we look at the creation narrative, one thing that just draws me to it is that there is this what's called the deep or the void. And in my mind, the way that comes together is kind of like the water. And then God created the water before the surfaces of the earth. So it's kind of his first narrative into creation. And I'm just so intrigued because there's this, this mysteriousness about water. There's this mysteriousness about the depths of our oceans that we still haven't explored that I'm just extremely fascinated by. I know. I took the cake. <laughs> um, um, thank you so much for answering our icebreaker question. We will be getting into our uh, first of this week's <clears throat> our questions. And right now we will be in the topic of Bible knowledge. If you haven't tuned in last week, uh bible knowledge is just kind of exactly as it's worded it's here's a few questions related to and answered by scripture itself and we just have a few in there for you guys uh the first question is when will jesus come back and joy that is for you to take us away
2: i can't okay. wait to hear this one
0: <laughs> yeah could you give me the time and day that'd be really nice
3: well i hate to disappoint you guys but the bible I searched this out, it says in Matthew 24, 36, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but the father only. Um, So the only one who knows when Jesus will come back is God. The angels don't know, not even Jesus. There are a lot of people who think that they've figured it out but when you continue reading in Matthew um, 24, 36, or 37 through 44, it describes what the world will look like, um, that people will be living their normal lives and not really paying any attention to God and what God is doing in the world. And that um, Jesus is speaking here in Matthew and he warns his listeners to pay attention to what is going on and to be ready because when Jesus comes back, um, no one knows the hour, and they don't. Um, they're not expecting him. So, really, if somebody says, "Oh, I know the day, and I know the exact hour, or I know the week, or I know the month," um, don't pay any attention to them because nobody knows. Only God.
0: Yeah. All right, I'm much Joy. The uh, next question in Bible knowledge for us to dig into is. Was the world made in seven literal 24 hour days or seven God days since God works and functions outside of time? And that is for you,
2: Carl. Well, I can uh, tell you what I think and I've learned. Actually, this is a pretty good topic for me because, you know, I'm a fisheries biologist. So I've had to deal with stuff like this my whole life. Um, I'm just going to read the first part of Genesis quick. Uh, so this is Genesis 1, 3, and it says, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And so myself, I've always wondered why um, people will think there was this, you know, this God day thing, or it wasn't a f- actual 24 hours if it says, you know, there was evening and there was morning the first day. So to me, that was the first thing that tipped me off. But then I heard this, this um went to a creation seminar, and, and here's what someone else told me is if we if we go down to um, verse 11, it says, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to their kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit and which is their seed each according to its kind and God saw that it was good and there was evening and morning the third day and then if we get to the next day it says and God said let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let there be signs for all seasons and for days and years and let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth and so it was and God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars and so basically what I heard here, and this makes total sense to me, is that um, plants were created and then the next thing to be created was the sun. And so if it wasn't 24 hours, you know, how did the plants live without the sun for for that long? I mean, if it was, you know, if it was infinite time and say, God, oh, you know, 100 years later made the sun, you know, why would he make plants first if it wasn't a literal day? And if you notice after each and every day, it says... And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. I don't. I guess my, my take on it is I don't know why he would confuse us with that, but I also don't know if it's important either or not. Other than the fact that if it wasn't just a day, you know, this shows how powerful God is and what He can do in a day. I had a Bible that was it was actually an archaeological Bible, and I quit using it because basically I thought, "Well, oh, this is cool. This will explain things." Well, basically, it was like trying to use science to explain all these awesome things in the Old Testament. It talked about, you know, different currents and how the Red Sea kind of parted. And I'm like, no, it's not going to just part at the right exact time and then crush a whole army. So I, I get rid of that and I, you know, why do we diminish God? And, and uh, I think we should go with what the Bible says. That's my take. I don't know if anyone thinks anything else.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with you, Carl. And I like where this question comes from because the asker understands that God does function outside of time, hence his ability to create time. Yeah. And so it was just a very creative question that I appreciated seeing come across our panel.
2: And well, there's still adults that are, are, you know, argue about it to this day, so I'd have to take both, both sides. Right.
0: There is kind of a both and with this question. I am in the same avenue as you, Carl, where it's more of just a literal. This is what the text says. Why would we assume, or believe anything else. Um, with the next question, this is for Sarah, for Bible knowledge. Uh, what is the abomination of desolation?
4: So I definitely had to look this one up. Um, so the abomination of desolation is kind of mentioned, well, it's mentioned multiple times in the Gospels, and the first time it really pops up, I think, is in Daniel. And when Daniel talks about it, he's referring more to um, the idols, I think, being set up in the temple at that time, and kind of how that's an abomination um, to God and a desolation of the temple. And so later on, in, because the reference for that one was Mark, because we were in Mark, Mark 13, verse 14, but it's also in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. And so what Jesus is talking about is some of his disciples, like the closer there's four of them, I think. And they're like, Hey, Jesus, can you tell us like when the end times are coming? And Jesus goes, well, you know, nobody's going to know, but consider also that the temple is going to be, what's the exact verse? Oh my gosh. That... Can somebody read it really quick? I totally should have grabbed my Bible. <laughs> it's Mark 13 verse 14. It's, um, i trying to remember it offhand.
2: Mark thirteen, you said. Yep. Yeah. Do you know which verse? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, oh, you probably said that. It says, but when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand then that, and let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains.
4: Yep. Thank you. Yep. Um. So later, you know, like at the time, people are like, "What?" And later, you find out that it's Rome. Like Rome is standing where they ought not to be. Rome is causes the temple in Jerusalem to fall um, and that's something that Jesus that three out of four of the Gospels um, mention Jesus saying or make a point of like Jesus said this so that would be my answer
0: yeah I uh, would, would speak into the same avenue of the abomination of desolation just being almost well the name seems very surreal but it's really a name given to the main antagonizer, if you will, against God. And so whether it be Rome or what Daniel is speaking about, etc., it's something that acts against God in a major, major way. <clears throat> um, thank you for tackling that for us. And the next one that you get to tackle for us, kind of in the same avenue as Joy's question of when will Jesus come back, Uh, what is the rapture? If you could just summarize revelations in like 30 seconds, that would be perfect. (laughs) Of course. Um, Let me get a pen.
4: You go, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank goodness I read left behind. Um, Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, so there's... In my opinion, too much like <laughs> about this question. So I think that the term rapture, and I had to do some reading up on this one. The the idea originally comes from I think First Thessalonians four, where Paul is writing about how um like God is going to come down, or yeah, God's going to come down from heaven, and the dead believers will be raised from the dead, like from the dead, so no longer dead, now living, um, and then we will rise up to meet him in the air and then I think people just really took that a step further and were like we're gonna just keep on ascending up in heaven but something through reading the bible that I really subscribe to is like have, the new heaven is earth like God's gonna make the earth beautiful and perfect again I don't think and <laughs> you can call me out on this but I don't think that we're leaving to another heaven i like heaven on heaven is on earth um not yet but in the end at the end, it will be, and so uh, what I see as far as Thessalonians goes, for Thessalonians is more of like, well, we're gonna go meet God, but then we're gonna like come back to earth and like, yeah, we're gonna join his welcoming party. It's kind of like somebody shows up at your house and you're like, I'm gonna ride out on the porch and greet them, but we're not gonna stay on the porch for the rest of the time, we're gonna come back in the house. Um, so and I think, yeah, and I think the rapture, like the idea that it really took off with like. The Left Behind series in the 1990s, and people were kind of like, Oh, we're going to go away, and there's going to be this seven year tribulation. And then again, in Second Thessalonians, um, Paul mentions how there will be this I don't really want to call it a tribulation period, but more of like a I can't remember the exact wording, it's Second Thessalonians uh, three or four. Um, but so. Paul talks about how God will shelter the believers. And I think it's been interpreted that, oh, he's just going to take us away. But I, it's, I think it's more of a, he's going to shelter our faith and he'll protect our faith. So we aren't going to be under threat of that being taken away from us when, you know, Jesus returns. So that would be my answer to that question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. Well, Uh, part of, the response to this question is what we call eschatology or the study of the end times. Um, And it's a lot to do with revelation. We see some eschatology in the gospels. We see some eschatology in Daniel in Isaiah and so on and so forth. What I want us to get out of that is that this is a big, big topic that we do not have adequate time to go through it all now. But the one question is what is the rapture? I think you hit very well. It's just this reformation of our our experience with Jesus. And some do tie that that death and new resurrection to a new heaven, new earth into that picture. Um, I hope we <laughs> were able to
2: simplify that as best as we can. I think the porch thing summed it up really good.
4: that was a good analogy thanks god given yeah and I mean I really like that and by all means like if you guys have questions just shoot us a text or give us a call like we're just we have a lot of time too right now especially but (laughs) this isn't the be all end all give us a call no big deal
0: just call us (laughs) (laughs) all right we are getting into our last and final Category and this category is just named general life. And so these are the kind of questions of uh, just here's my experience. Um, I don't really know exactly how to move forward in this experience. And so in general life, we are going to take this time to respond from our uh, personal experiences because we were middle schoolers. We kind of get what you're going through, yet we don't because it is totally different age. Uh, so yeah, let's hear from our panelists. This question goes to Amanda. When should people start dating? Is it normal to date for a little while and then break up as a teen?
1: Um, once again, I was a middle schooler. And once again, I'm a parent. So I would say first of all, you should talk to your parents about where their um, rules, boundaries, thoughts are about this topic. Um, I I think you should go there first. Second of all, as a parent and someone who was a middle schooler, and from my own experience, I would say that it's normal in middle school to like people. It's normal to have crushes on people. Um I w- it's normal to hang out with people you like and maybe message them. Um I would encourage you to save dating whatever however you see that as far as like I'm dating this person and we are a couple to high school. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, the whole point of dating is to learn qualities about people that you are compatible with and to find ultimately a mate to marry and to be with. Um, I would, this is once again my personal opinion, I think that that's a good time in high school to. Um, maybe be exclusive. And I don't mean exclusive like as in um, just getting to know one another, dating, hanging out, um, whatever that looks like for you. But I would say that um, to guard your heart no matter what, no matter if you like someone or not. Um, And so it is normal to break up because you don't You have different interests or you don't see eye to eye on things. Um, But no matter what, guard your heart and to, um, first of all, have that conversation with your parents.
0: Absolutely. Our next question in this category goes to Joy. how do you get over wanting to judge people, even if it's because they are not Christians?
3: Well, I'll start... um answering that question and say that that is um something that everybody deals with not just middle schoolers or high schoolers um yeah it's just straight across the board that you know a natural part of being a a human being and i'll say that it was a hard one for me because i had it modeled really well for me um growing up and um, when I became a Christian and started growing in my faith, I began to learn that it was something that wasn't really pleasing to God. And I worked really, really hard to change it in my own power and I wasn't doing such a hot job at, at it. Mm. And, you know, because I knew the whole, you know, thing, you know, about judge, you know, and, you know, don't judge or you'll be judged and, you know, live in harmony and, you know, don't show partiality and etc. cetera and I just really had a hard time. And what changed it up for me was, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago when um, I was doing some writing and I came to the verse where I learned that, where I, I was like, I saw it for the first time that man was made in the image of God. And I realized that man, people, were image bearers. And it was just like a light bulb went on on the inside of my head. And later on, I found in James 3 where it talks about our mouths and how we bless and curse people who are also made in the likeness of God. And James basically says that this needs to stop and so my prayer has become in my life that god would make me aware of what i'm thinking and what is about to come out of my mouth so that i have a chance to pause and think about what i'm going to say before i say it or what i think you know what i'm thinking you know before i think it and that i can you know shut it down and stop it And so that's how I deal with wanting to judge people is just, you know, hey, God, you know, help me to have a choice so that I can shut it down because I want to live a life that's pleasing to you.
0: Mm. Very well said. Thank you.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: The next question that we have uh, goes back to Amanda. How do we know which religion is really the one true religion? There are Catholics, Lutherans, Baptists, to name a few. So is it scary not knowing?
1: Um, As far as knowing, though, I remember being asking this question many times um, through middle school and high school and even into part of my adult life. And so um, I think the best way to look at it is Going, Looking at the Bible, um, and I would say there's essentials, like the things that Christianity is based off of, and then there's these non-essentials. And I would say to know that through the Bible, that if you believe that Jesus is um, the Son of God, and he came to this earth, and he died for our sins, and he rose again, that is an essential. And so, you know, there's different beliefs of the non-essentials of communion and baptism and um, all the different little things that different churches do, I would say those are non-essentials. Um, and so to really, no matter what religion you're looking at, um, to really go back to the Bible and, um, and to base it off of Jesus, um, would be an essential is how I look at it. I don't know if anyone else, anything else to add to that.
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll just say that, um, Yeah. I mean, there's going to be many, many different types of churches that believe very similar to what Timberwood believes. You know, there'd be a few things that are a little different. Um, Like Amanda said, you know, the, the important things, yeah, I think you should agree on, but one thing to keep in mind, and I've been to several churches now in my life is that churches are made of people and you're not going to find a perfect church. You're going to, there's going to be problems at wherever church you go to because people are sinners. And, and, you know also just remember that a church is a body of believers it isn't a building or a or a denomination so just just keep that in mind wherever you're wherever you're going or or whatever you're looking for sarah
4: yeah i would just one of the biggest things that paul is talking about in i can't remember which letter it is he's like you they'll know you believers by your unity like as believers we're called to unity regardless of which denomination we are Um, and so I think that that's something to remember is that we're called to strive towards unity with other believers and not, um, pick apart others' beliefs. It's like, we're called to come together and make it work.
1: I would also say, like, if you're looking at world religions, Christianity, if you look at each one, is really the only one that guarantees salvation at the end. Like, you know, by being, by, you know, professing with your mouth and believing in your heart that you will be with God forever. And I, from what I've looked into other religions and learned, there's no one that will say, yes, you are saved. Yes, you um, can stand in that, um, that salvation and know what happens next. Um, people in, you know, cults or other religions will go, well, I think so, or I have to do this, 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 and this. And if you go back to what Aiden said about what we've learned in Galatians, we're never going to get that right. And so we can't stand in that certainty because we're sinful and we're humans. And so we're never going to do all the things we mess up all the time. And so as you look in that, you know, at different things, consider that.
0: Yeah. Yeah and i would like to also add to that one of the markers of christianity that sticks out more than any other is that christianity is the only religion whose central theme is on the humiliation of our own god see god what came do you mean as by that? huh
1: what do you mean by that right
0: so god came as a human being and in doing so has humiliated himself to the very creation that he made And so before we get into all, I don't want to get into all the technicalities of what that looks like, because that is a headache, but no other religion says our God has literally died a true death. Every other world religion, as we would call it, has claims that their gods are beyond death and they have selfish human traits. Mm -hmm. Our God is the only God who's, our God is the only real God. First of all, let's get that down. This it's not like you're going to Walmart and you're just picking off a shelf what you want. <laughs> okay. Secondly, God, Jesus is the most selfless loving picture that we ever have been able to grasp. A love that doesn't is not determined by our actions or by our motives. There is nothing where we have to prove ourselves. See, Our entire religion, our entire uh, Christendom is focused on the very fact that Jesus has died a true death and was resurrected, overcoming that death for the sake of others, not himself. And so I think that also speaks into the, the reality that there is this very real picture that what we're focused on all the time, we wear crosses, for example, we put crosses in our church, which are symbols of death. And that to me is what stands out the most. This next question is for you, Joy. Okay. Uh, what do you do when your friend is making a bad decision and then does not listen when you try, try to tell them or warn them?
3: Okay. Well, um, in middle school, this can be really tricky because no one wants to be that friend um and it's hard to put yourself out there and say what you know to be um is the right thing and when you've decided to speak um to that friend and actually you know talk to them and and tell them what you're you're thinking i would suggest that you do it in a public place where it's just the two of you because there's less chance of a big, huge meltdown with that person. Um, I would also use I messages instead of you messages because you messages can come across as accusing. Can you give us and, an example, Joy? Um, something Just like. The
1: difference between you and
3: I. You and I messages, yeah. yeah. So you messages, you know, like let's say. Our friendship, Amanda. I would say, Amanda, you always um, interrupt when I talk, and you need to stop doing that. And that really makes you know me upset. You just need to be quiet. Those are all you messages, where um, I could you know use i messages, and I would say, Amanda, when I'm talking, I feel bad. When I'm interrupted, and I would appreciate it if you would let me finish speaking before you know you start speaking. So that's the difference between you and I messages. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. And then um, just you know share your concerns about the decision that you know your friend is making that you don't feel comfortable with, or you see, you know, things going wrong for that friend. And um, just be really open and honest because, you know, that, that helps. And if your friend chooses not to listen to you, you know, that's, that's their choice because everybody has a choice. Um, don't get mad. Always try to keep communication open And um, I would say, ultimately pray before you go and um, talk to your friend about your concerns and keep praying afterwards because you never, ever know how God might show up and work in your friend's life and, you know, in your own life too. And if it's something that's really scary and um, you have really great concerns about your friend, go and talk to a trusted adult.
0: Sure. To give us a picture, uh, and I just want to open this up to everybody, do any of you have a, uh, a an experience of approaching a friend and saying, hey, I would, you know, I think this or that about their situation? So have any of you been in this place where you tried to approach a friend and have kind of tra- changed their direction or approach to what they're doing?
2: I, I have. Yeah, um, please. Trying to think of how to not go into too much detail. So so I was part of a, a group um, actually at a different church and I didn't feel like this person was, um, they were helping me out with the project and I didn't feel like they were all in. They were putting things um, as more important that um, I didn't feel that they were and I confronted them and I said, Hey, you know, if you're going to help me with this, you know, here, here's how we're going to go about it. If, if you don't want to do it, you know, if, if you don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. But if you're going to, if you're going to volunteer to help me with this, you know, you're either all in or not. And and it actually kind of changed our relationship. Um, Before that, I was kind of frustrated and, uh, and afraid to talk to him and he, he actually apologized and, um, you know, we're, we're much better after that. I've also had it the other way where I've confronted someone, um, in fact, a number of us confronted someone on something and we're no longer friends. So, so it can go either way. I I guess to me, the most important thing would be to pray about it before you go into it. Uh, make sure this is something you're supposed to be doing. Maybe even talk to some, some other people about it. And then if, if, if you're feeling from God, this is something you're supposed to do, you know, their response is is how they respond. That isn't on you. Um, you did what you were supposed to do. So I've had it go both ways. All right.
1: I would encourage I would agree with Carl. I've had or upper- er, different times where I've really felt heavy on my heart about something and praying about it first. Um where God has like then literally put that thing right in front of me and I'm like, oh, I really do need to say this and have had to have that conversation and once again their response is their response and I've also had it where I felt something about someone maybe a judgment or something on my heart and then I've prayed about it I'm like oh it's not the right time for me to say something and so I've had both times or both scenarios um so
4: yeah Sarah I can speak <clears throat> I was the one who somebody came up to and was like uh what are you doing mm-hmm. um it was in college and i was making some terrible decisions and um one of my very good friends was like hey you're not living like christ or like why are you making these decisions um and it was a very honest open conversation and he didn't um it was very it was a very loving approach he didn't it wasn't like an attack it was kind of like hey like why do you why are you making these decisions what you know just a lot of like why or what or how kind of questions um and it gave me the room to to come to my own conclusions and it wasn't like he was forcing them on me in a way um so i thought that that was super helpful um and and then i married him so
2: (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't always happen
4: that doesn't always happen
2: No, so it goes back to that question I answered before where, you know, love others as yourself though. Like, you know, maybe they are wrong, but treat them, treat them with love. Yeah. That's a good point. Sorry, Joy.
3: <laughs> no, um, right now I am in a um, friendship with a girl that I have met two times and she has got a lot of um, things going on in her life and um, she's making bad decisions. And I just, I keep telling her the truth. I keep pointing her back to the word of God. And sometimes she listens and sometimes she doesn't. And she just keeps coming back and keeps coming back. And I think the reason that she does keep coming back is that I do point her to the truth of God's word and that she sees and feels unconditional love. And believe me, there is a lot of prayer that goes into those conversations before and afterwards. So prayer, prayer is really a key part of talking to people and having conversations, even while you're having that conversation.
0: And uh, thank you all for weighing in on that. Uh, I loved the you and I language, Joy, that you brought up, just of how to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And students, what I want you to hear from all of them that they have shared, all of our leaders here in this panel, is that the common theme is to always love your friends so much, love the person you're interacting so much that you want the best for them. And the best for them means to go to scripture. The best for them means to have a relationship with God, the best for them means that you have to be honest and truthful about the consequences of their decision-making process. And in the end, if you've done that, if you've given them a truthful, heartfelt, uh, point of view, their reactions, their responses do not reflect on the success of your conversation. Thank you so much. We are answering our last question. And this one goes to Amanda. And I kind of wanted to end with this question. I think it's hilarious. But Amanda, please tell us, why is school a thing?
1: <laughs> I actually did a little research on this because I was oh. curious why school was a thing. Um, I mean, um, first of all, I was always taught that there are two things that people can't take away from you. They can take away everything from you physically physically. Um, But they can't take your faith away and they can't take your, your knowledge and your education away. And so those were the two things that I were, I was always pushed to pour into and to um, kind of hold captive. And so education has been a thing all the way back to Egypt. Um, people, it, it has. You, people relay information and knowledge. A lot of times it started with your family and your family was responsible for educating you and teaching you. And I don't mean like math and reading necessarily. Yes, those, those were important things, but how to make bread, how to farm, how to survive in life. Um, is kind of where it started. And then as we became more populated and in our country, people started to do work and not have the, necessarily the family time to just educate my own family. Um, people started sending them to like one room, one, um, one room school homes where you would have one person educate many people. And so school is just a means to get knowledge out, to get information out. And um, as you know, because I homeschool, it can look very different. And as you know, as you sit at home and do distance learning right now, um, education can look very, very different for different reasons. And so school's a thing basically to get information out and to have you be successful people when you leave your parents' home.
0: So when you were in middle school, Amanda, is this a question that came to your mind? And if so, how often?
1: <laughs> my question, if I'm really honest, was why did you send me to a private school with the same 18 kids for nine years? That was my question. Um, and I it, I wasn't a fan. Um, I love learning. I still love to learn, um, but the school and the social part of it... Um, I was over. And so um, I didn't, I guess that wasn't my question, but um,
0: yeah. No, it's good. Uh, I would love for anybody else to weigh in. Did you wrestle with that same tension as well?
2: I I personally would rather be outside fishing or playing sports or something when I was, when I was your age. So yeah, I, I probably had the same question. In fact, I, I, Yeah, I won't go into, yeah, that's, I had that same question.
0: (laughs) Sarah, I've seen a few uh, wonderful facial expressions from you. Yeah,
4: no, I, I excelled at school as such a, whatever, achiever, but no, I, I mean, you're like, why, why am I in school? Like, I could be outside learning how to, like, I don't school is what it is right now. It's probably not the best way to do it, you know, seven hours of sitting in a building, or right now, seven hours of sitting at home, but it's what we have right now, and it's good that you guys ask these questions, because maybe you'll go on to improve school, and, you know, make it more accessible for more people, so keep asking those awesome questions.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I, I love school. I loved learning, um, I was the kid that read ahead in the book because I was such a fast reader and got in trouble for not following along in class. Um, And yeah, I would be done before everybody, but so whole social um, part of school, you know, walking into the lunchroom and thinking, hmm, where am I going to sit today? Yeah, that part wasn't so much fun.
0: Mm. Uh, I will also just weigh in on this. Uh, when I was in school, I was dyslexic as well as ADD. <laughs> um, just always, these things were were um, on the lower end of the scale, so there wasn't a lot that I needed to, to hit that normal attention range, but it took a lot of effort. I did okay and In my high school years and onward, I was a B average student, but I never enjoyed school for personal reasons. And I think that's what I want you guys to hear is part of the experience of school. The the best part of school is you have community, you get to hang out with your friends, you get to uh, do activities together. And if you're a learner and you love learning, then there's opportunities for you there as well. And so you got to take the good with the bad. School is what it is and you get as much out of it as you put into it. So if you put into it, you, you make friends, you get social and, and active and you join sports. It's a lot of fun. You get on the academic side of things. And you do knowledge bowls or you do some plays or you're in speech. It can be a lot of fun. Just don't force yourself to get into a position where you decide mm-hmm. that you hate everything that school has to offer. Cause then, yeah, you're going to suffer for, your entire school career.
2: Yeah, Carl. Well, i just add, you know, like Amanda mentioned, like they used to learn how to make bread or farm or something. I mean, basically you did what your parents did. I mean, that's what you learned to do. And so now you're basically learning everything and you're not gonna like everything, um, but you're gonna find something that you do like and that's what you're gonna learn to do. And And so actually it's, I mean, you actually have more opportunities because of the way school's done now, it just, many parts may seem use, useless for you. And, and that's understandable. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. You'll, you'll branch out and you're going to use parts of the things you're learning forever and other parts you're never going to do again. That's just, just how it is. All right, uh, just consider school as a tool
0: belt and you during school you have to fill that tool belt with every tool that there is. And then when you graduate, you can decide which tools to throw away. So i have the flathead screwdriver first to get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, panelists, for joining us and for doing this. Um, it was wonderful hearing your voices weighing in on the middle school experience and challenges of our students. I would love to close us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you have given us to just speak into these questions that our students have shared. And I ask that at least something is learned by each of our viewers and that they have the opportunity to know that we heard their heart and we want to respond in earnest to the questions that they have asked. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your evening or day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, it's so like All right. The rest of your day. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: See, ya. See
0: you guys. See ya.